Hey, welcome to the Mostly Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Tonelli, and I'm joined this week by Patrick Kagongo and Mike Munzenreiter. Today, we're talking about Yuto Horigami's new part, but first, Alexis Sablone was profiled on Real Sports with Bryant Gumble. When skateboarding was announced as an Olympic sport, we all knew there would be some really weird and twisted, um, maybe even cringeworthy mainstream coverage of skateboarding and skateboarders. Uh, this is kind of the first profile of an Olympic skateboarder, and it came from HBO's Real Sports with Bryant Gumbel, where Mary Carrillo spent some time with Alexis Sablone. Patrick, how did big sports media do covering Alexis and skateboarding? I think because Alexis has interests outside of skateboarding, she makes for a great interview. She's obviously an intellectual. She's very, very bright. She's curious about the world. She's an incredible skater. But there's plenty of skaters who are really, really good, but are terrible interviews or just the only thing they think about is skateboarding, maybe fashion, or maybe just like smoking weed and drinking cheap domestic beer. But Alexis has a wide range of interests and is like a genuinely interesting and colorful character. And so that makes for great interview, especially for big sports media who really gravitate towards those kinds of folks. Um, It's just not enough to have athletes who are just focused on the game, man, focused on the game. And it's just been amazing watching Alexis's star continue to rise. Uh, I think she might be one of the most genuinely admired skaters in the game. I mean, Mike, what'd you think? 100% think that she's one of the most genuinely admired skaters in the game. And I mean, I might deviate a little bit from what you were saying in that like, there's just like a genuineness that comes through in that interview where, yeah, I, I, it's less like star power and it's more like she's disarming. It is literally a person who my read was she's very comfortable with herself and was just talking about herself again in this disarming way where Mary Carrillo, you know, asks those mainstream media questions about skateboarding where you could try to give maybe, I don't know, a more cliche or just even, I don't know, a more self-conscious answer. And Sablone just answers the questions. And I think it's, 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 it's one of the coolest portrayals of skateboarding that we could have because it is someone who, you know, she's that total package. And I think that's why skaters and us on this podcast admire her so much because it's, it is that person with depth. It is a great skater. It is a person with interest outside of skateboarding yeah templeton are, are are we all in agreement or are you going to throw a wrench in this somehow oh yeah i think i think this is like a 100 percent like alexa sablone fan podcast for sure mm-hmm. i mean i i thought i thought the piece was really good and like i think it it's almost it would be hard to fuck up an alexis profile because she's so interesting and has i would say broad appeal even outside of skateboarding for being an athlete with a master's degree from mit you know, like yeah. if, if she was like a basketball player and a master's from MIT, like that would be a significant story. So I, I think it's rad. And I think it's, you know, like kids could point to this, like if their parents are tripping about them skating, be like, look, check out, you know, Alexis Sablone. She's like has a master's degree from MIT and she skates. So it's OK if I skate. Right, mom. And she's an Olympic athlete. Like she, what more could you want? Oh, absolutely. But I think Alexis also has star power. It seems like you could, it almost, it's weird. It was kind of radiating off the television. You know how some people, especially, you see this a lot in famous people, uh, especially celebrities. They have that radiant quality about them. They have that ability. It almost like, 
I get the feeling like Mary Carrillo probably felt like, wow, I am like, Alexis is 100% tuned into me and like giving me all this attention. And we are like really, we are really vibing on another plane right now. You know, some people have that ability to really make you feel like you're the most important person in the room when you're talking to them. There was like, like you said, there was, there's something genuine, there's something authentic about her. And that's, that's like kind of like a, that's a rare quality. You know, skating, we're so used to seeing folks who are kind of like grappling with public image or who are young or they don't have quite have the experience yet. And I think maybe it also, it, it's probably because we're all adults, you know, with at least a college diploma, you know, we're like, we circulate in the adult real world. And it shows with Alexis too, like she's an amazing skateboarder, an amazing athlete, right? An incredible artist, but also just like a really, really, really smart person. You know, and a, and a good conversationalist, which in the era of, uh, you know, where everything is mumble town, that's a super rarity. You know, like what a spokesperson for skating, like somebody who like nailed it. If there was a big boss, if Phelps was here, you'd be like, great, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I like I think she would make Phelps proud as much as, you know, anybody else, which, you know, he's probably the toughest crowd there is. But she she just has it like that, you know, like what? where's the flaw, you know? Yeah. I would say there is a flaw within the interview. Uh, it's a bit funnily worded, but like, follow me here. There was something weird about, I guess, whoever wrote the the narration talking about uh, Alexis, quote unquote, not being into girly things and gravitating towards skateboarding. Um, and my wife remarked about this, saying that you can be into anything that you want and be into skateboarding. You don't have to be a tomboy. You can be girly, you know? You can be whatever you want to be and be a skater. And it's kind of weird that they were trying to put her in this kind of binary to as, as though to explain like, oh, this is why she's a skater because she was like uh, into the things that all the other little boys were like, that stuff does not matter. And that felt, that was like the one part that felt kind of like a little bit too 1998 Real Sports with Brian Gumbel instead of 2021 where we have a much, much more open idea of what kids can do, what kids can be into, and more specifically, um, what women can be into in skating. I don't know. I don't know if you all feeling that or if you noticed that, but yeah, that was like the one thing that's the, that, that's the one critique if I was the professor uh, putting marks on this paper. They fell into, I think, maybe just a little bit of like easy narrative right there. I guess I, I guess it didn't jump out to me that much. Yeah, not not to go like, to devil's advocate or anything there but you know it, it, yeah just just the kid jumping out of windows and the kid interested in space and what a body could do and all that i guess i'm, I'm not doing too many demerits I'll, I'll do like one as opposed to your two or two and a half three. Oh, I, I think that you could probably tell a pretty similar story about almost any female athlete you know it's soccer player or whatever like you'd be like oh they were not into girly things they wanted to like run around and play with the boys or whatever you know like i think it's a pretty tired story but it's also like true you know like so i think that it's not like they're lying or like creating a false narrative or something it's just like a, an easy story to tell well I'll, I'll jump in and say again maybe maybe to play the other side here that the perspective is changing like my kid she's four she loves to wear like this little bike helmet that's frozen branded, has a crown built in. She loves to wear, you know, her rainbow dresses that are frilly and she loves bombing hills on her scooter. 
well, I skateboard with her, you know, I think I don't, I, I'm not even classifying, you know, girly, this boy, that whatever, you know, she, she likes the thrill of pushing down hills and, um, you know, hanging out with me and doing it while also looking dope in her mind. So I, I, I think if, if nothing else, it's kind of like a, it's a standard storyline that's probably getting outmoded, you know? Yeah. I think it's done been outmoded, but yeah. Would it be chill if your daughter moved to San Francisco and said, like, I'm going to move to San Francisco, we'll work for Thrasher and bomb hills all day. What are you going to do about it, dad? I mean, I'd just be like, shit, you haven't listened to me. You haven't listened to me since you were two and a half. So <laughs> here we go. <laughs> like, can you, can you send the box? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just get me the product. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and like 15 years in the future, she's going to single-handedly bring back GX1000. GX ten thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, GX one thousand is gonna fade into the ether over the next decade, and she's gonna bring it back with a whole new crew. Good grief! Uh, th- this is a counterfactual that's <laughs> boggling my mind. I will say, uh, <laughs> kind of going more back on Alexis Sablone. One other thing that I just wanted to point out about the interview is that I think just about any viewer would be, whoa, you know, they're gonna say, whoa, this person is cool. She's being interviewed, you know, this is capital J journalism, Mary Carrillo, Bryant Gumbel. Mm-hmm. He's rocking her hat. She's got her baggies on. She looks dope in baggy clothes, like mm-hmm. small person in baggy clothes. Can't go wrong. Fit game like, awesome. She's going to ollie a bump to bar for Brian, real sports with Brian Gumbel. Did you guys notice that? Mm-hmm. Like, there's people watching me. I'm getting a little bummed out, but I was going to try to ollie a bump to bar for this tv show you're saying templeton okay on on the bump to bar note this is hilarious i was just before this i was watching um kyle beachy's talk with alexis and mark gonzalez and she was talking about this and she was not going to ollie the bump to bar with the hbo max crew there she had already ollied it and she was like i just was there to like pretend and then they could cut to the one that we filmed you know previously (laughs) So she had it all planned out, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> See? Three-dimensional chess. She's one step ahead of the game. And that's the other thing that's super refreshing here, is seeing an intellectual skateboarder who's, again, curious about the world. I think, especially for people who are into sports journalism, and maybe they have like a tangential uh, relationship with skating, they're going to watch the Olympics and be like, that Alexa Sablone, she's really smart and Seems like she's really good. How's she going to do in the contest? Like, what an honor that she's on the Olympic team. And that's where, like, kind of, like, any kind of cynicism or suspicion about the Olympics goes out the window because, like, wait a minute. Alexis Sablon is on the U.S. Olympic team. How lit. That, uh, that is well said. <laughs> <laughs> like, of all the, all the people on the team, we got Alexis Sablon. Well, because she's one of the best women skaters ever, if not the best as of like when she was 15 i mean that's always one of the craziest facts like pj lad's wonderful horrible life 2001 do the math like she was barely a teenage i mean none of us rip that hard like nobody rips that hard when they're 15 i don't even think you could tell that no I, i definitely didn't think she was 15 when i saw that yeah you were like oh she's 20 and she's awesome holy shit what how how is this video that crazy no, she's amazing, and, and and I think that's the other thing too is that I was uh, I was uh, you know I'm finally back in the gym and uh, something about 
the Olympics, like uh, I think the first wave of athletes are getting over there and had an interview with Josh Friedberg. Yeah. And what's he doing? I, I don't remember what his title is with CEO USA Skateboarding. of USA Skateboarding. He's oh, in know, charge he's, of the program, you know, whatever. However, he's like directly in charge of the program, I would assume, based on that he, title. Wow, who knew? The guy from People Skateboards is now basically in charge of herding cats. <laughs> 411, too, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, that's that's the weird thing, too, is, like, skating has also matured to the point where, like, there's this, like, entire realm of skaters who are not basically going to treat a trip to the Olympics like a hell ride. Uh, even though that would probably make for great content, you know, honestly, you need people who are going to train and not be out partying and whiling. And actually, then here's, the, like, here's the other thing, too, like... Um, I think it's always worth pointing out that um, you know Alexis has a dedicated creative career too, and she's an artist. And you know, I just love like her. Them, you know, she takes the folks from real sports around to her 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 space, you know, her little art studio, and it just seems so cool. Just seeing like this is the place where she goes to tinker. And hmm. you know, Gans, you know, Gans has a very similar space. I miss the I miss the live stream, the conversation between the two of them, which is a shame. But uh, dinner and basketball were calling. And I don't know, what is it about skaters like her, like Gans, who have a lot of ambitions outside of skating? Like, what makes them so, so interesting? Is it just the fact that they're creative and that they are very good skaters? Or is there like a certain something, like, is there like another quality about them that makes them sort of like timeless in a way? I think that they're the skater ideal, you know, like, because I think that skateboarding is multi-dimensional and it's about more than just riding a skateboard it's about being creative and seeing things differently and you know Gans has been held up as a as an ideal for so long that maybe that's why that's like the ideal skateboarder in my mind is because he's been held up as the ideal skateboarder for so long but yeah I think Alexis kind of falls in that same category as like a skater who's a creative also when what's the saying 90% of skating isn't skating like I think it is an ideal that we hold and how do, how, how, how do I protect their identities? Um, about a decade ago, maybe some guys from a major team, team manager, you know, maybe let's say a minor, maybe you turned pro, maybe you didn't turn pro guy was with this TM from a large skateboard com- company and they were in town. They wanted a guy who wrote, you know, to maybe pick up a guy who was writing for another brand at the time. They stayed at my house, and those dudes talked about skateboarding nonstop. That's all they talked about. Back of the car, getting the pizza, having beers after dark. All they talked about was skateboarding, and let me tell you, it was fucking terrible. And that's not, you know, like, in practice, that's not the way it should be, because I don't think it even helps your skateboarding if that's all you're about. I think that, you know, what... what sets it apart and what maybe makes it more like Sablone was saying akin to dance than you know track and field the hurdles it's conceivable that you know going to her studio and noodling around making weird drawings or whatever like re-energizes the skating more so than doing 200 kickflips at Tompkins or something you know whatever the the actual training element could be um of course, you know, I, I, I think I can foreshadow like the topic with Yudo, where probably does benefit that, you know, he just gets his stuff on lock. But, you know, those 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 guys, and I think that I'm using that word intentional, you know, those guys that have everything on lock, 
we find less interesting than other skaters, Alexis Sablon included. Mm-hmm. Put out 150 ideas there, but take it away, guys. <laughs> no, I totally feel you. And I think it was also kind of, um, it's supposed to be like my younger brother went to MIT and knowing how difficult and how grueling just the undergraduate was for him. Um, the fact that she was able to do a master's, I think she did undergrad and grad there, which is beyond impressive because it takes an otherworldly type of intellectualism and discipline to complete a program as rigorous as architecture. And like their architect, their school of architecture and urban planning is, is world renowned. Not as good as UCLA, where my <laughs> wife went, uh, which is also ranked higher than MIT. No big. Yeah, yeah. Go Bruins. um but it's just like that's really impressive like the fact that she was able to compartmentalize and manage being a sponsored skater skating contests taking her earnings paying for school like basically being a real grown-up and maybe that's what it is like maybe that's the thing i really admire about her that's like she's a cool grown-up there's you know as you get older you meet fewer and fewer fewer cool grown-ups there's some people who just kind of settle into like watching the bachelor watching the game, hanging out, and like going to some terrible brunch with, you know, lukewarm <laughs> eggs. Like seriously, like getting, becoming older and becoming an adult is like, it gets boring as shit. It's like after you pass 35, like the people you meet become a lot less interesting. No and it's fascinating that she's, I'm not sure how old Alexis is now, but like the fact that she's been able to maintain like, it's sort of like a sense of like marvel and wonder about the world and also be a really, really rigorous, you know, rigorous and disciplined person is so cool because some people like some people just they get older and they, they, they just give up. Like I said, like it's like lukewarm eggs. One thing that and I think this plays into what you were just saying, which I, I thought the piece did really well. It's disappointing that they glossed over the fact that she used contest winnings to, you know, finance her life and achieve what she has achieved. It was really interesting how they pieced together her fascination from a young age with how the world works or how physics works or how her body interacts with gravity as it falls through the air. And then the space, the space outside, the made space, the created space, etc. And then tied it into skating. I thought, um, I don't think, you know, anybody with real skateboard knowledge put that together. But the fact that she was able to, you know, even portray something like that to then let that quote unquote civilian outsider get get all that and put it all together was pretty impressive just to be able to convey the ideas of skateboarding like that i think is difficult um, oh yeah she, she not is, a lot of skaters can do that yeah she i would say that she is like for an immigrant parent like that's the idea it's like okay you can go skateboarding but <laughs> you're going to have to focus on your studies and you're going to you are going to ivy league or you're going to mit you have to do the best. And like, yo, she did it. Like, and that's probably the other thing. <laughs> that's she, why mom's you know, so, so down to get interviewed. Like, <laughs> not that she's yeah. necessarily immigrant or, you know, who knows, but yeah. Yeah, but like, she, it's like she did it. Like, it's like, it's like, I got the great education and I'm doing my, I'm not, and I'm doing me. Like, wow. I don't know, Templeton, like, it, like I know, like we're fanning out heavy on Alexis, but it, are there any other skaters who have like been able to accomplish all this? Like, there's plenty of skaters who've got university educations, who've got good jobs, gotten great jobs, moved on. But like, she's still like not just relevant. Like, she's pushing the culture forward and has also developed this really dope 
well-cultivated intellectual side. A lot of people, it's like they leave the skateboarding behind and, you know. Yeah, I feel like there's not a ton of like super, like top level skaters with college educations. You know, I, I think like John Rattray is probably like the first one who comes to mind as like a right. top skater who also went to college, Dan Murphy also. But yeah, like I, I love Rattray, but I, I feel like he's not in the same category as Alexis and like doesn't quite have the same um, staying power, I guess. There's a certain amount of sacrifice that comes with it, too, that, um, you know, the fact that she was able to juggle an MIT of education and being a contest skater is amazing. Honestly, like, if you really are going for it, going for it, especially for an advanced degree, you kind of have to, like, skate every now and again or maybe, like, you know, hang it up for a little while, which is not a bad thing. It's just, it's just a fact of life. So it's kind of like props to Alexis for, like, you were able to do this like you were able to to juggle all this like that's that's really wild i think like it's it's really mind-blowing thinking about it especially remembering how hard grad school was yeah that's like some serious determination because yeah for most people it's one or the other or a lot neither (laughs) which also going back to the fits though you know this is a question that was circulating on skate twitter so i gotta ask it here Let's say y'all make it to the U.S. Olympic team, or maybe you decide to ride for another country's team if you have um, either a second passport or family. What are you rocking? What's your what's your board? And more importantly, what's your fit? <laughs> I I uh, I'm gonna have oh I'm gonna get I don't even know which one is my favorite Familia shop deck, but I'm I'm repping Familia as a shop deck. My Patagonia sweats probably the navies they've served me well. I'm putting on a village psychic tea. I'm going close to home, guys. I like it. I like it. Templeton? Um, quarter snacks hat. Yeah, I just ordered one. a quarter snacks hat, so I'll be rocking that. Um, 40-year-old skater? No, I thought about it, and then I was like, I think that's too washed to like <laughs> just wear that on my head. Um, but actually, I also ordered the quarter snacks t-shirt, so I'm going to wear the quarter snacks t-shirt, my drink water five-panel hat, the best pants ever, which are some Nike SB pants from like 2017 that are like summer weight with these little side vents. Uh, if anybody has those in 32, get at me. I will buy them. Yeah, and then shoes, um, the Blazer XLTs, which they don't make anymore. I'm sure Nike could, could make a few for me since I'm going to be in the Olympics. And yeah, some Merino socks. <laughs> Interesting. I can only skate in Hanes. I want I'd love to skate in merinos, but I need like weird high tech cotton. I feel like you could you could be a spokesperson for these socks, Mike. <laughs> Since they're so crucial to your skateboarding. <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane. Patrick, what you wearing? It's gonna be an all white outfit. All white <laughs> vintage baggy polo jeans, uh like a fresh, like fresh out of the plastic packaging and steamed blank polo top, right? The polo hat. Right, the polo like like the the polo hat with the leather strap, like a thick gold rope chain plus a little joint, and then for the shoes, like the shoes, I'm going for the Reebok Classics with the gum sole. Yeah, you're definitely gonna meddle in outfits. I'm talking like crispy. If I'm gonna be doing this for the Olympics, has to be crispy. Podium fit, <laughs> you know, wear the podium fit out on the street course exactly exactly <laughs> and then like uh, then the warm wear the warm-up joint <laughs> on the podium i mean maybe if s made the sal 23s Oof. you know i would rock those but nah so reebok classics it is 
So one thing that I, I thought about watching Alexis Cipollone on Real Sports was, who 1988, maybe? And my cousins from California were in Phoenix at the, at the time. That's where I grew up. And we saw some vert ramp contest on broadcast TV. I still remember it, if only for like stoking us all out on skating whatever random weekend that was and we had skateboards and you know went out and did it that was kind of the 80s du jour thing but i couldn't help of you know thinking how amazing that interview is and then once the olympics finally come for like representation um for a whole lot of people you know from around the world women included and it and it really makes me have a hard time being what not even disdainful not even it, it gives me a hard time being dismissive of this whole skateboarding in the Olympics thing because, you know, if we get more work like this, then a whole lot more kids are going to be stoked. Even oh, yeah. Parents might be stoked. It's so cool. Oh, yeah. Well, Alexis is a good role model. And yeah, like, we, yeah. how, how yeah. are we going to be curmudgeonly about Alexis Sablon? Or, like, like you said, like in the late 80s, early 90s, it was so rare to see skateboarding anywhere outside of skate environments. So, like, a show like skate tv was so ill and there was like the, a whole there was a whole segment on skate tv of um the la boys like when they go knock on guy mariano's door come on guy let's go skate it's so sick yeah it's interesting to think like what kid is watching uh this and being influenced by it you know like that's pretty cool i think that you know there's okay there's what you can watch on youtube pull up on your phone whatever there's an officiality if that's a word about you know, it comes up on broadcast TV. Your parents are there too. You know, it's it's like taking it out of the shadows, and I think it's really, yeah. I'm 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 honestly excited about it. I'll I'll watch the Olympic skateboarding. I know I I feel like I poo pooed the whole do tour thing and all that, but it's cool. You know, I want to see more stories like this. I want to see how people from around the world got into skating. You know, what 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 nuggets we're gonna pick up because I think. We're going really long on this, but, you know, they talked to Alexis's mom and, you know, had little girl footage of her at like nine years old or whatever skating. She had to have been nine and that was cool. They dredged up new stuff. So yeah. I'm excited to see what else they, you know, the, the, the mass media comes up with. Yeah, I think the mass media is great for a different perspective and, you know, some real journalistic chops getting in there and like, yeah, unearthing those things, talking to mom, going to the childhood home, all those things that, you know, that Thrasher great. just isn't going to do because that's not really what core skaters are about. Nope. So it'll be really interesting to see what else journalism comes up with for skateboarding around the Olympics. Which brings us to another Olympian, Japan's Yuto Horigami. He put on the Yuto show for us this morning by way of a full VX part for April Skateboards. Mike, I know you're a big Yuto fan. How does this new part compare to his previous works? You say previous works as if I have like a great number of his video parts indexed in my mind. I really don't, which is kind of amazing because I, I don't know. He's, he's one of those like post video part skaters where he's on Instagram and that stuff's incredible. Uh, we were just talking about due to her. What's he doing? Like right up, right up with the ledge backside, backside nollie into switch 50, 50 down this giant thing in a contest setting. Like the dude's insane via contest, IG, random video parts. I don't remember. And 
tour videos where he's doing ollie ollie oop judo airs over channels on on big large quarter pipes i guess the point i'm getting at is that i was perfectly whelmed by this part it was exactly what i hoped it would be and i'm not sure if yudo is like the type of skater who's gonna blow my mind at any given time but he's so good what do you guys think he's good and shout out to deshaun jordan who is cited in yuto's thrasher interview from i think about two months ago well no it's june 2021 what is time uh deshaun is apparently the one who got yuto to start paying attention to his fits because apparently beforehand he used to dress <laughs> just kind of used to do the skate rat thing i'll just put on whatever nah like the fits are actually pretty good good use of tyler the creators are we still friends in the second half the music in the first half was trash um i i don't know like this kind of skating is not for me but it's it'll be really interesting to see him in the olympics because he i think because of him skating to tyler the creator i think because i think because i, I don't know like there's something i would rather watch him than niger that like that's a big one and right also, like, I begrudgingly have to give props to April Skateboards because initially I thought, like, oh, God, this company has no personality and these graphics are terrible. But, like, Shane O'Neill is, like, a, a pretty serious businessman. Um, you know, the two of them went in on buying Yuto out of his blind contract probably only months after he had signed with blind. And, you know, it's like it's like with P-Rod with numbers. Like, you know, these guys are, are exceptional. Primitive. Oh, Primitive, primitive. Numbers, numbers was, I mean, like, it's also a generational thing. Like, uh, this is me taking a swat at Gen X, but, like, you can't just roll up and decide you're going to do a company. And, like, these younger guys are showing that, yeah, like, it's, uh, you have to be all in. And P-Rod and, and, and Shane are both all in with running their companies and are really serious about the team riders and, you know, what they're putting out and, and you know, kind of like the, I guess, the kind of mark that they want to leave on skating. And, like, they, this is their lane. Like, there's plenty of people who are into this kind of skating. This is definitely lines up with the interests of people who are into what's going to become Olympic skating. Cool. But, um, yeah, like, uh, it just... I don't know. I did like the Pupaki grind. That was ill. But still, like, there's just something about it that just didn't quite... It didn't quite click. And also, like, to be honest, it almost felt like he was kind of holding back. Although, yo, that back lip on that huge handrail, that was, that was really, really Fuck. dope. I don't know. Like, Templeton, like... Are we just like being sad old men who just want to watch like curb skating and old Gino Iannucci footage? I mean, I'm not. Like, I I really enjoy modern skateboarding, and I feel like Yuto might be like too good for his own good or something. Like, it was like all bangers, you know. There's like no like there's no like surprise or like build up or like you know what I mean. Like, if you watch like a Jamie Thomas part, like the music is epic and it's like leading you and making you feel something. And this part didn't really make me feel anything. I watched it like three or four times because I was like, you know, I had to for for this show and like I needed to like find something in it. And it, you know, I had to just keep watching it. Mm-hmm. And I I finally did kind of pull something out of it, and it felt like there was maybe a little bit of like an homage to maybe the videos that he grew up with. There were a lot of like, yeah, right era skate spots. And I, I like, maybe that's just like what it's like living in LA. Um, you just end up skating those spots, but there was just like a ton of the spots that you would see in. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And also the costed cameo, which I, what a sad day it was to realize like it's the time has finally come where I'm like, Oh, costumes in the video. Yeah, whatever, dude. 
uh, Costa. And not even like a guest, not even like a guest trick, like filming. I was like, dang. Yeah, just but doing he, a bit, which is kind of what he does these days. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm no cost and apologist. I actually have a much more um, kinder response to that, which I, I figure he's just like, damn, Utah's sick. I'm going to go skate with him. And then he's, for his, you know, his, for some reason, filming that line where he switched frontside tail slides an 18 stair handrail. Incredible. I think you guys are maybe missing the forest for the trees where the guy's skating is incredibly gnarly and yeah i mean it wasn't a part built in a way where there's build up or there's some bullshit in the middle or anything you know i'm taking my swipe at it y'all it's nothing personal but it it was just like an incredible couple minutes of skating first song was whatever i kind of purposefully don't know anything about tyler the creator but um that fell into kind of the april niche of r&b and like 90s sounding kind of music Mm r&b um which i like yeah i don't know i again you know i said i was whelmed not over not under whelmed and the fact that yuto can skate and do such gnarly tricks i mean i can't think of anybody who's done a switch frontside feeble backside 180 or well yeah switch backside 180 nose grind crook whatever you want to call it on a handrail and then back out straight like he's doing all sorts of new stuff and i feel like the dude is just so good that that kind of like upper middle class skating that's all through that and then some really rich tricks in it it just it 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 is kind of hard to register how how dope it is yeah i I think that's the problem it's like there's like it's all so gnarly nothing stands out as gnarly you know like the bar is just set really high and then everything meets that bar whereas like you know like some people it's it's like i did a crooked grind on the bench and then like a front board on 18 stair rail or something you know it's like Mm -hmm. i guess that first line was kind of that okay yeah Um, front blunt fakie on a uh, like a seven stair and then yeah it was like a front blunt and then the big switch switch tail so would it have would it have been more beneficial for this part to be entirely in slow-mo? Hell no. <laughs> I think maybe. I'm not, that, I like slow-mo. Isn't that an entire chef part? Uh, what is it, soldier story? A lot of it's in slow-mo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where it's all, you know, and you're just like, like for example, like chef is that huge, that huge back 180 that he does over the planter. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you just have to like, you have to just sit and, and everything is like, you really get to drink it all in because you really get to capture all the details, foot positioning, how big this thing actually is, like perspective, like, would this part be that much better with, you know, uh, some Morricone music all in slow-mo or whatever <laughs> the modern equivalent would be and like how ill that would look. Maybe, maybe that's the thing. Like, it's so good that you just kind of feel like, ah. I was like, okay, someone who's way better at me than skateboarding, someone who's like, what is it? Okay, but here's the thing though. It's more enjoyable than stuff that Nigel does. And Nigel's been skating at this level for years. Nigel looks like trash compared to Utah. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way around it. Like, Utah has that switch heel in the line where he does, what's he do? Switch nose grind, fakie flip, switch heel, and then fakie 360 flip down some steps. The switch heel is unexpectedly boosted 
And like I think Nija, I don't know. He's got he's got a flat ground half cab that's bullshit <laughs> at least once. If you guys if you guys think hard enough, you'll remember which one I'm talking about. And yep. then there's another one where he does a 360 flip down some stairs, kind of going like parallel with the steps that he's going to go down. And he, I don't know, just shits it down the stairs. I don't, there's, there's like a quality control aspect of Nigel's skating. That's never just never. I mean, with myriad other things, that's just never going to line up with what the best dudes did with, you know, best dudes, best, best girls, best whoever, you know, there's, there's a quality control and like an attention to how attention to craft that just doesn't line up. Yeah. I mean, the dude has no taste and that's, that's like part of skateboarding is having good taste and like restraint mm-hmm. and choosing your tricks and your spots and your outfit and all that stuff. And he's just like, that's not his um, forte. No, absolutely not. And I don't know, like, again, it goes back to that, um, that Uto interview in Thrasher where he, again, Shouts out to Sean Jordan from helping him to start paying attention to what clothes he was wearing. Because, yeah, like, the fits are nice. And, he, you know, he rocks the Nikes well. Like, he has, he has good taste in clothing. Uh, the interview is nothing to write home about. Um, it's pretty skate ratty. And they don't talk about much of substance other than the, the buyout of the contract from Blind so that Yuto could um, get on April. Like, how much do you all think that was? Man, I have no idea. There was the um, Trevor Colden bought himself out of the out of his mystery contract. I feel like that was like ten thousand dollars. Does that sound right to you guys? That yeah. I mean, black box a couple more than a couple years ago. Right. I mean, I remember Jamie Thomas commenting on it and saying that like the the like salary offer was like above industry standard for the time. So I. I don't know. I, I can't like triangulate what that price is, but I'm sure that price has gone way up, especially for somebody like Uto and a brand like Blind. Mm-hmm. So yeah, probably paid a pretty penny to get out. But I guess how much is that? I mean, right? What, like, is it twenty five yeah. grand? Is it fifty grand? Is it a hundred grand? I don't know. When what is the per? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what twenty five hundred per month over four years. Does that? I mean, enough that he had to go in, you know, he had to go in halves, you know, with somebody, but we don't know what those halves are. Like, we don't, you know, five figures, maybe, but whatever figure I just threw out is about half a million dollars per year or no, over the, over the life of that, like four year contract. Mm -hmm. So maybe no. And now, now I'm doing journalist math and I'm going to feel embarrassed for how far off I am. But then, you know. You know, tying this to our earlier conversation about Alexis, you know, Yuto is going to the Olympics and representing Japan, and this is his video part, and it's this good. Like, maybe his skating is going to translate that much better on the Olympic course where he can, like, drop stuff like this like it's nothing. But we don't even know, like, how is, you know, how is Olympic skating being scored? I mean, is he going to be throwing some NBDs in there? Like, it's it's tough to figure out what to expect, but it, it feels like, this is the type of skating that is actually well suited for the Olympics. Oh yeah, totally. It also like since you brought up the Olympics, it kind of makes me wonder like was Yuto holding back, you know, cuz he can't get hurt before the Olympics, blah, blah blah, or like he wants to, you know, keep keep a trick, a secret trick that he pulls out at the Olympics. This is him holding back? <laughs> Could be, I don't know. Real quick, um I think the figures that I just threw off the cuff add up to like $120,000 over a four-year contract. 
So it was probably, I don't know, double to 2.5 times that. As far as holding back, I think this was just a, this was a BX part. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of these dudes aren't doing their hardest stuff for anything but HD. And to the idea of like, does this skating count towards Olympics? I, what's weird is to think that like street skating doesn't look good to anybody unless you know what's going on. You know what I mean? Like maybe that switch tail slide down 18 looks like something, but it doesn't look like much to the, to the untrained eye, you know, like mm-hmm. the stair count doesn't count that much. And then, you know, Christian Hasoy method seven feet. That's pretty dope. That just hits switches in the mind. And yes, uh, it looks glorious, sense. but, or is that X games bias? Because that defined a lot of people's perception of mainstream skating over the last 25 years. I think it's just easy to digest. You know, like you can say like, oh shit, that guy is like seven feet in the air. I know what seven feet in the air is, but like I don't know what a switch tail slide is. Or that Nigel's, you know, he's going to be doing a cab backside nose blunt down something at the Olympics in Tokyo. And I don't know, that (laughs) is incredible and doesn't translate much. Or that well, I should say. Right, like how do you even score a cab nose blunt against a cab nose slide? Or what, like, what are we calling the thing that Yuto does? Nolly 270 nose slide. There we go. Yeah, so how do you even score those against each other? They're both like insane. Yeah, it, it, it almost calls for as bizarre as it is, but I actually thought about this in my free time. You know, there's standard scores or... You know, they have the gymnasts do tricks. Let's call the, the right, compulsory tricks. Yeah, compulsories. So who did it better? Which which is anathema to skating, but that would be super interesting. Also, who are the judges? Good question. I would imagine there'd be like a pretty um, well-versed judging panel, you know, people who've been judging a lot of um, contests in the past, you know, like, like people who've judged Tampa Pro and stuff like that. I think that... That's who it'll be. Or the people who judge Street League. Because I think Street League is kind of like the blueprint for the, the Olympics. Mm-hmm. But they need to go international, which really opens it up to like, all right, who are these dudes going to be? I say dudes because it's probably going to be all dudes unless uh, something proves me otherwise. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm really curious about what it's going to be. Because, I mean, it's, you know, we're in the home stretch and soon it's going to be happening. And, you know, skateboarding is going to be in the Olympics. And then... Yeah, I imagine there's going to be something interesting on the other side. There's definitely going to be, uh, I can definitely picture, like, there's going to be some people are going to be making bank. I don't think it's going to be a rising tide lifts all boats kind of circumstance no. for skating. I don't think every company is going to, is going to have a, some kind of a glow up or blow up. I think for skaters who are definitely in this lane, in Uto's lane, in Lexus's lane, like those kinds of skaters who skate contests and skate them well, there's a lot of money. There's a lot of money to be made, and also like, yo, sponsorships. Like, I don't know, but yo, I, it would be kind of ill to have like a Lexus on the Wheaties box. Oh That'd yeah, be so sick. Doing yeah. a kickflip frontside nose slide. Yeah, like nobody needs to be doing a method air. Method airs are played. Yeah, yeah. Like kick or if, front nose is perfect. Or like uh, maybe like maybe it doesn't have to be you know Wheaties. Maybe it could be like I don't know like shredded wheat. Yeah. Or, uh... What's the Trader Joe's cereal? I haven't eaten cereal in years, guys. <laughs> like years. Never ate cereal. Never oh, ate man, cereal. I, I like last week just quit eating cereal because I gained a bunch of weight. 
I had to give up. Uh, I, I found the dope uh, Mexican grocery that had salsa de arbol, salsa, and this il tomatillo mix. Mm-hmm. And I was eating, like, it was work from home, and I was eating, like, bag of chips every three days. <laughs> Helps you gain weight real fast. I had to give that up. I, I need that salsa, though. Yeah, dangerous. That salsa sounds so good. I think we got some guac in the so fridge. Maybe like a little post-dinner snack. Shoot. I would be so stoked to have some post-dinner guac. Cheese. Me too. Which brings us to the end of our show where we talk about what we're stoked on. Patrick, what besides chips and guac are you stoked on this week? So I'm stoked on Spitfire Wheels. Uh, I'm, I don't know if I'm stoked, but I am pleased that France drew Portugal in this week's um end of the group stage for the European Cup, um, Allez Les Bleus. Um, I'm stoked on that Gans and Alexis Sablon in conversation with Kyle Beachy, hosted by the University of Chicago. I hope they post that somewhere. Yo, those bronze Reebok Iverson answer joints, um, I'm sure they're unavailable. I'm sure they're sold out everywhere, but they're so fire. And speaking of basketball, still stoked on the playoffs. And um, yo, all that... All that new fresh gear in the Quarter Snacks web shop. You know, I think I might have to, tomorrow's payday, I might have to do a bit of shopping. Mike, what are you stoked on? So I've been stoked on the NBA playoffs for a minute now. So I'm going to say that I am stoked on the Valley Oop. I think it was Wednesday night. It was the game winning out of bounds pass that Jay Crowder threw to DeAndre Ayton in like this bizarro land game in Phoenix against the Clippers. Templeton, there's going to be video that you can find easily on the internet if you search Valley Oop. I am also stoked on a weird life experiment that I'm embarking on tomorrow, which is Friday as of this recording. I've quit my job. I'm going to be a stay-at-home dad, and I'm going to try to, I don't know, freelance write, freelance work, do cool shit with my life, which might entail, I don't know, skateboarding or journalism of other sorts or whatever, but it's going to mean a lot of time spent with my daughter and watching her grow because she's four now, turning five in two months. And, uh, you know, when I say it all out loud for the skateboard listening public, I'm like even more stoked on the whole prospect. So very stoked on that. Templeton, what are you stoked on? Man, I'm super stoked for you on that. Thank you. That seems really rad. I am stoked on a dumb little internet video that I stumbled across on a Twitter feed called uh, Kids Are Fucking Stupid. Uh, <laughs> it, it, yeah, I mean, wow. it's, not, it's not for everybody. Um, but it's, it's these two British kids, and it looks like they're setting up for some kind of, like, uh, meme challenge or, so, you know, some kind of thing where they have these gumballs, and they're going to throw them in the air and catch them in their mouth. And they throw them in the air. One kid ends up falling, and there's like the sound of breaking glass. The other kid catches the gumball, but it goes straight down his windpipe, and he's like choking. And it's like, it's just so fucking funny to me. I know for a lot of people, they would probably be like horrified by this kind of thing. But to me, I was literally in tears watching this. So I'm going to link it in the show notes. So maybe 50% of you will also think that that's funny and the rest will think that I'm some kind of psycho. Uh, That's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about and other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with us all week online. Patrick, where can the people find you? Uh, Y'all can find me on Twitter at Colonel K Speaks or on Instagram and Clubhouse at 
peak gongo. Um, it seems like uh, Clubhouse use is down 89%, according to something I saw floating around on the internet. Uh, that's cause real life is opening up again and some of us are trying to get some fits off. Mike, where can the people find you on the internet? I'm on the internet at M Munzenreiter on both Instagram and Twitter. Check me out. Templeton, where are you on the internet? I am on Twitter at Mostly Skate and on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding. We'll see you guys next week. Be safe. Later. <laughs> yeah.